In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Consoler, Spirit of Truth, You who are everywhere present and fill all things, Treasury of all that is good, Master of life, come dwell within us, cleanse us from all stain, and save our souls, O good one. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. In the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What I want to do now is um, look uh, sort of in review of the part we did last time on justice and faith. And just um, for review, look at these words again, and then uh, move on. And in the second section, uh, look at the beautiful transitional passage 5, 1 to 11, where we move from a discussion of justification, uh, that whole whole section which starts in chapter 1, all men have seen sin the need the grace of God, and so forth. And now we're going to be in this section where we're going to, when we begin, the next, uh, in 5, 1 to 11, we, is the transition, and then chapter 5 talks about how we're freed from death. Then chapter 6 talks about how we're freed from sin. Chapter 7 talks about how we're freed from law. Chapter 8 talks about the whole thing he started back in verse 18 of chapter 1. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the good news. Well, what's the good news? The presence and action of the Holy Spirit deep within us. That's the good news. So that's all of chapter 6. So he's had that in mind from the beginning. He's been going to chapter 8. But so that we'll understand and appreciate what God did for us, he does all this other stuff first. And that's where we are right now. So, uh, the thinking in the Jewish world about Abraham basically was that he was faithful in, in trial. And he was. Especially the sacrifice of Isaac. Um, and that certainly was, you know, uh, Great. But as Paul says, you see, look at before any of that, the foundation for his fidelity to the trial was he believed God's word about having an heir of his own. He believed God. He had no evidence for it. Sarah's body was old. His body was old. And uh, God is promising him a posterity as numerous as the innumerable stars in the sky. And he believed him. And if you remember, we went over what that means. He just leaned over so far in God that if God didn't come through, he'd fall flat on his face. My friends, that's our faith. You know, we just have to be able to trust, not trust, believe God. God says, you know, that if you come and accept who my son is and are baptized, then you have divine life and if you're faithful, you'll take it right to heaven. And so, uh, that's, and we believe him. Now, what happens to most of us, we're baptized as children, and we have to grow up into the faith. And the challenge right now in renewing the church is, 
since most of us are cradle Catholics, is to get from being cradle Sunday Catholics into being believing everyday Catholics. And that's the challenge. It's what um, is being the new synod, which is being convened soon, has to do with the new evangelization. And the first step in the new evangelization is to evangelize the Catholics. So that the good news is really good news. It's not just a cultural inheritance or a series of truths that you can push around any way you want, you know. Uh, and because of which the poor old church is about ready to crack in half. No, faith is a living contact with the living God. It's experiential. And we're going to see it's experiential because we experience God working within us. And that's what we're going to say. Uh, for instance, this is uh, uh, St. Thomas, you see, uh, on that very text as Romans quotes it. He's commenting on Romans 4, 5, and Abraham believed God and was credited to him as justice. Now listen to what he says. This faith of his was credited to him as justice. Not certainly that justice is merited by faith. That's important. We don't merit justice by faith. But what happens? But rather, believing itself is the first act of justice, which God works in him by the fact that he believes in God, the one who justifies. He submits himself to his justification and thus receives its effect. In other words, justification is a work of God in us to which we yield. My friends, that is so important for an understanding of our whole relationship to God. And that's why sometimes new converts who know darn well that something happened to them that wasn't there before. I don't know why, but I'm thinking right now of the example of Arnold Nunn, a British fellow, He'd been very active, maybe even the head of the Communist Party in England, and complete atheist, of course. And he was sitting at the breakfast table with his child or children, and he saw the ear of his daughter. And the Holy Spirit used that as a means of revelation. And he said, that can't be by chance. The contours of that ear, which are just perfect so that the sound comes and is gathered in the right way and is an intelligible message to the brain, that can't happen by chance. There is a God. So it was a revelation to him, you see. But he knew he never caused it. And then he went on to prepare himself, yielding to God. And that's, you see, what uh, when the Pope says, uh, uh, Benedict, you see, that the whole church should be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's saying it must come to an experiential faith. In the experiential faith is realizing that the faith we experience is given to us by God. We're not creating it. Now, there's a great difference, I pointed this out before, between faith as acceptance and faith as communion. It's my cultural heritage, you know. All my great-great-grandparents or great-grandparents were born in Ireland. So, of course, I'm a Catholic. But I could be just a Catholic because everybody else is a Catholic without any personal... I can't grow like that. Somewhere, for Catholics who are born cradle, 
it can happen uh, in uh, in a retreat. All of a sudden, the whole thing comes alive. You say, and you know that's not your brain. You know that. And yet you yield to that. It's so attractive. You see? Well, that's what Abraham did. You see? You're doing just what Abraham did. You put your weight on God, and that's credited to you as the right way to relate to God. Surika, which is the right way to relate to God. But you see, this is why, see, the church always wants to have retreats and missions and prayer groups and renewal movements so that we get out of this chiaroscuro area where we accept it all, kind of vaguely. We kind of know better to go to Mass than not go to Mass. But, you know, stay a Catholic than to quit. We know that much. But that's not a real faith. That's why, as I think I just said, but I'll quote it again. You know, Benedict said, the whole church has to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he uses that phrase, which he knows very well, comes from the charismatic renewal. He uses it. And he defines it so people don't get nervous. Oh my gosh, I have to raise my hands and shout. You know, He says, to uh, be baptized in the Spirit means what? Uh, to uh, know where the grace comes from. Or, in the words that he uses, um, to be aware of what we're given in baptism and comfort. We are given, given, given. The faith that brings us there, even as the faith of our parents, and then baptized and confirmed, solidly established. But to realize and experience them as alive in us and given by God. That's justification. So that's why Paul says what he said. John Thomas says what he says. Uh, now, uh, this is another quote from Aquinas. The justice of God is described as, quote, being through faith in Jesus Christ, not as though through faith we might merit to be justified, as though faith itself came from us and through it we might merit the justice of God, as the Pelagians say, they're heretics. But rather, in that very justification, this is interesting, in that very justification by which we are justified by God, the first movement of the mind towards God through faith, you see, uh, is, is uh, worked in us by God. You see, the first movement uh, towards God is through faith. But that's the movement of God in us. Then he quotes, the one coming to God must believe, as it says in Hebrews 11. Thus, faith is, as it were, this is Aquinas, the first part of justice, which is in us from God. And he quotes Ephesians, you are saved by grace through faith. This faith from which there is justice is not an unformed faith, but faith. It is rather a faith informed by love. See, you can have a faith, but it's dead. You've been living in mortal sin. You believe in God? Yeah, yeah. You believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yeah. When are you going to stop living with the wrong woman? Oh, I don't know. You see? It's faith. But it's as it will. That's what I mean by faith, by accept. Yeah, yeah, sure. But it's dead. If you die with dead faith, you're not going to heaven. Uh, So that's the, you see, the, the message that um, this is from Aquinas, what I just read, 
is from Aquinas's commentary on Romans. Remember, I just said he's a scripture professor. Uh, and so, uh, then I have, I'm gonna, not gonna read them now, a batch of, uh, texts of various ways that the Jewish tradition tried to grasp how Abraham was justified, huh? Uh, Book of Wisdom, for instance. When the nations were sunk in universal wickedness, Adam, I mean, Abraham knew the just man, kept him, I'm sorry, wisdom. When the nations were sunk in universal, wisdom knew the just man, the dikaion, kept him blameless before God and preserved him resolute against pity for his child. Even there, you see, it's the grace, it's the, it's the, it's the chokmah, it's the grace of the wisdom of God, you see, that uh, the, she, wisdom, when the wisdoms were, when the nations were sunk in universal wickedness, she, wisdom, knew the just man and kept him blameless before God and preserved him resolute even when he was supposed to sacrifice uh, Isaac. Wisdom of God was there. Now, one of these years when we're doing that kind of thing, there are two aspects, two words used about God, word and wisdom. And they're very mysterious in the Old Testament. They somehow share God's identity. They're not like other words, like his justice and, you know, there's something very mysterious about these words. It's like the Old Testament already saw the footprints of the Trinity. Didn't know how to talk about it until the Lord himself came. But it's very beautiful. Well, we're going to stop thinking about justification now, and we're going to move on to the next section.